You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here. We are gathered here as advisors, as scientists. The kind of place the ghost like to wander. I'll help you. I'm something of a witch. Welcome to Mission Spooky. I'm your fantastic, beautiful, wondrous host, JC. With me today is I'll promote her again. Decent. Kiki. Am I ever going to make it to like glorious? Is there ever going to be a time when I'll be glorious? The only thing that's glorious on this podcast going forward is squonks. I refuse to use it for anything else, including myself, because only squonks can be glorious. Okay, so listeners, if JC refers to himself as glorious at some point, I just want to make sure you go to the Facebook page. (laughs) and you call him out on it okay i hold the liberty to change my rules whenever i so wish at my whim so bring it on so hey um how about that sports ball that just happened oh yes the sports ball was fantastic i really enjoyed the part where the one team did the thing and then the other team was like oh let's do the other thing and then Near the end, the the team was like, ooh, let's get them. And then they did the get them part. So the go get them part was where the Kansas City Chiefs came back and whooped the 49ers ass. That was epic. It was a win-win for those of us who are Eagles fans. If the 49ers won, they would outdo the Cowboys for the most wins in the Super Bowl. Which I'm not familiar with that team. What? The oh, Cowboys. you probably mean the cowgirls. <laughs> exactly. Go birds. Yes. Anyone that fucks with the birds fucks with me. I don't like the football, but I will defend Philly's teams to the fucking death. And, Go birds. And, ladies and gentlemen, this is exactly <laughs> what we get in trouble for all the time as being like the hardcore like Philadelphia fans that we are. We can't help it. Like when you're born here, something just happens to you like in your DNA and you just automatically get like super defensive about teams that you don't even really give a shit about yes like like, somebody tries to talk smack about the sixers and i'm like don't you fucking talk about i don't even care about basketball i don't care at all but when you fuck with philly you fuck with all of pennsylvania you You do well eastern eastern pennsylvania Pennsylvania. literally fuck with all of eastern pennsylvania and parts of new jersey like it's yeah yeah well parts of new jersey the lady parts of where i'm sorry parts of far eastern pennsylvania (laughs) ah yeah that's better I love that so much. We just annex New Jersey. Fuck it. This is it's anarchy in the United States right now anyway. So anyway, hold on. Back to sports ball for a second. Oh, yeah. Back to sports ball. Kansas City Chiefs. Fucking awesome. But they one- whooped so much ass. It's now the 59ers. <laughs> what? <laughs> they added another ass to whoop, you know? Oh, I thought you were going to take away. That should have been the 39ers. No, that would have been 10 asses. Not oh, my one. God. There was a joke from Cyrus McQueen. Follow Cyrus McQueen. He's f- freaking hysterical. He's on Twitter. His wife is British. She kept calling them the 69ers. <laughs> and I was busting out because I'm like, oh, my God, that's hysterical. Anyway, commercials so the were commercials the best part. The best. And can I just say? Uh, no, you can't. I'm going to say it. Oh, okay. Disney Plus. Yeah. Thank you so much. 
for all of the dropped panties that occurred during the commercial, right after the commercial, just when the Disney Plus thing popped up, because we all knew we were going to get Winter Soldier, we're going to get some Sebastian Stan, we were going to get some Tom Hiddleston wearing the the shirt. We all know in the Marvel Universe, we know exactly where he is and what he's doing and what's happening. So... I, I have it? nothing I to just add. say it. I should just spoil it. I mean, it's not really a spoiler. Like it's clearly on his shirt. Everybody knows it. Okay. Yeah. Just, yeah. just Hold let's on. talk it's about the time it. variance. People. He's he's been caught at that point, obviously because he's fucking around with time. Wait, Loki would <laughs> obtain the Tesseract and then fuck with time. How did he say it? I'm gonna burn this place to the ground. I yeah. Oh, dude. Yes. Yes. So wait. Yes. Burn there- it. There's time police in Marvel? Yeah. Just like in Doctor Who. Uh, Fucking copycat. Time Variance Authority, 1986. Good. So Doctor Who was first. It appeared in Thor number 372. There was a little bit of uh, cool information I didn't realize they first occurred in Thor. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, that's cool. I was like, oh, neato. My last little aside here is that we made a new friend. Well, you did. Well, no, the podcast. Oh, did we? Yeah. Um, it is the Struggling Artist podcast, and he's kind of starting over from an older podcast. And so I think I want to tell everybody to go ahead and check it out now when it's sort of starting over. He just moved to Pennsylvania. Of course, I'm all like, hey, if you have any questions, anything at all, just ask me. I don't care. My assumption always when people say that they move to Pennsylvania is that they live near Philly, because why would you live in Pittsburgh? Ew. Ew. Yeah. Ew. Like... This state is so large that there is a rivalry between the two bookends. We call it, we call ourselves the bookends. See, we have the eastern bookend and the western bookend. And then in between is all the crazy people. Uh-huh. We try to keep them all like, inside, you know. Because somehow you're all modern and in Philly, right? Have a little bit of the New York vibe coming down too. Then you have like people all of a sudden are listening to country music in the middle of the state. We don't understand it either. Don't worry. Then Pittsburgh is another sort of modern, but in a very Midwestern type way. And then, as I always say, once you get to like about state college, which is sort of like in the middle, it turns into pop instead of soda. And fuck those people. You say soda or you get out of this country. Those are the law. That's where it started. Like, forget about sports rivalries and everything else. I mean, it is like a Pittsburgh-Philadelphia rivalry just because... You people say pop and we don't understand it. If you would just start saying soda like the rest of us normal people, then maybe we could have some dialogue. That's do all you, I'm saying. Do you want to hear the actual story of where soda and pop came from? And this is all 100% fact. So one day, George Washington, Ben Franklin, Abraham Lincoln was there as well. They were walking down the street all with some fizzy drink in their hand. They didn't have a name for it. And would you believe a majestic, wonderful, fantastic, you know what? Glorious American bald eagle came down on the road in front of them. And they were like, oh, mighty bald eagle. What shall we name this fizzy drink that I we have? And the bald eagle uttered one word and one word only. Soda. And flew away. Like an American hero that it is. So if you call that fizzy drink anything but soda, you are an un-American piece of shit and you are an enemy of this country. It's at this time that I'd also like to point out that half of the United States calls soda pop. And half of the United States is wrong. You know what? 
Civil War 2.0, let's go. Anyway, so as I was pointing out to our lovely new friend out in Pittsburgh, um, who is very patriotic as a brand new supporter of our podcast, he asked us some questions, really good ones. He was like, oh, do you guys know about the samurai statues out in uh, near Butler? And I'm like, uh, that is four and a half hour drive from where I'm at. Yes, folks. This is the other reason why Pennsylvania seems like two completely different states, because it literally could be. The four and a half hour drive is not to the end of the state. That's just to Butler. You still have another fucking two hours before you even get to what we now affectionately call far western Pennsylvania. Some people might call it Ohio, whatever. But anyway, these samurai statues are out on, uh, on but- in Butler. And what I did find out for him, and what I'm going to tell you guys, is that they were put up in the 1990s. They just kind of popped up one day. And a lot of research has been done on it. There was one guy who had a blog who's, who basically said, I have done everything except really bother the crap out of the neighbors because he didn't want to do that. He felt bad about that. Um, He can't even find an artist's name on the statues. Nobody can. But yet somebody goes out there and cuts the grass around them. And nobody knows why they're there or who put them up. He even contacted the local authorities. They said they don't even know where they came from. And apparently aren't even sure who cuts the grass because it seems like this little patch, this little area is privately owned. So somebody, man, it sounds like one of those like cool mysteries of like, some filthy rich person was like, I'm going to put some statues up of samurai. And then they died. But in their will, it was like, I'll pay you $100 a month, you know, to go mow my lawn or some crap, you know, like, it's just, it's weird. It's very weird. And then he mentioned the Sasquatch statues that are up too. honestly, it's just because there are a lot of Bigfoot sightings in Pennsylvania. A lot. Yeah, a ton. Surprisingly, I know Oregon's always like, oh, where did, where did capital Bigfoot sightings? But you know what, Oregon? You're basically just far west PA. Because I'll have you know some history about PA. When hold on, King... hold on, wait, wait. I just have to, I just have to correct you because actually Oregon is not far west. It's far, far west. Okay, okay, yeah, 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 thank you. Just one more far. You just forgot. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, when King George gave William Penn the land of Pennsylvania, he said, basically, you have this entire strip all the way to wherever the land ends, okay? So technically, according to King George, Pennsylvania, as it would be called, should go all the way to the Pacific Ocean. And I think that Pennsylvania and Pennsylvanians should reclaim the, our land I'm tired of having this stuff taken away from us. I'm tired of not paying my state's taxes, not having to deal with my state's potholes. Come on, man. We want some of that Oregon sweet, sweet cash so we can just fix our fucking potholes. (laughs) They're so bad. But yeah, we uh, we should reclaim what is rightfully ours and become the largest state in the United States, as we should be. It's just the United States of Pennsylvania, really. <laughs> okay, so since we are a podcast that talks about history. Everything I said is factual. Everything that JC said is wrong. <laughs> uh, false. King George did technically give no, him no, all the land. No, he did not. No, he did not. Um, it was actually King Charles II. Which is basically King George. Okay. And, um, but, however, King George did make the proclamation of 1763 that um, made the line that went along the Appalachian that created the boundary that colonists couldn't go across. But actually, King Charles II gave the land to William Penn because he owed him a debt. 
Yeah, see, huge debt. How's that, how's that um, public education working out for you there, buddy? Look, this is probably like fourth grade education. Okay, it's been a little bit. And I'll have you know that this is all just me ranting. Are you kidding? No shit, really. But I had to I had to put that in there. You just had to make me feel bad about myself, did Technically, hold on, cats and kittens. So King Charles II technically gave the land to William Penn, but the funny part is that he um, didn't actually own it either. Uh, I believe the Duke of York at the time owned it because it was given to him. Yeah, <laughs> and the but- king just kind of was like... <laughs> Nope, sorry, made a mistake. It's hear, William Penn's now. Bye. Hear, hear me, hear me out on this. The first people actually owned all the land. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> King George just said, "Eh, we got guns. You don't fuck off." <laughs> oh, and then we committed genocide. Ooh. Well, your people did. I'm actually not British, so hey. <laughs> look with that. Hey, genocidal fucks. Yep. You know. So welcome to America, Prince Harry. Yay! Is he here? <laughs> he's yeah, he's emigrating here per- permanently. Oh, cool. Yeah, he's leaving the crown. He's ta- he's not taking any more money. He's not. Yeah, him and Megan. Oh, dandy. Yeah, officially. Oh, you know what? I do Good remember this news. Yes, Good for them. It's coming you know? back. Yes, come to America, the land of the free. Uh, you know, I'd vote for him for president. He can't run for president. <laughs> I'd vote for him. However, Meghan Markle could run for president. And then he could, could be co-run our first lady. It. And that's how Great Britain's going to take back America. I'd be okay with it. I Especially know, right? if it got me free BBC so I could stream uh, Doctor Who whenever I want it. Yeah, listen, um, if someone has an ear for the Queen, just just let her know we're ready. Please, please come save us. Yeah. It's, res- get, it's really bad. Now. Restore Pennsylvania <laughs> it's <really> bad. <laughs> to its rightful place. Uh, yeah, we're not going to get political, but just please, please come save us. I mean... Are they really We're just completely the ones fucked. that are going to save us? Have you heard yes. of Brexit? It would be a good deal with them, be, or for them, because because of Brexit. Bre- breakfast. Breakfast, yeah. Of it breakfast. is the most important meal of the day, Kiki. <laughs> you know, I'm so upset I heard that the British were, like, not going to do breakfast anymore. Like, what the hell? It's crazy. How can you do that? This is the most important... We're starting charity <laughs> funds to send the British breakfast. They don't have money to pay for breakfast anymore. It's really bad there. We gotta send them breakfast. We have brunch. We have breakfast. We could we could help. Second breakfast. Not a problem. We're like hobbits over here. We it's are why, like fucking hobbits over here. It's why America eat, like, has obesity problems. <laughs> <laughs> Just take over all the waffle houses. Oh yeah, we'll and we'll the international send, houses of pancakes. Yeah, we'll send They're international houses of pancakes. We gotta for a send them. We gotta send IHOP. You have one mission. Stop. Breakfast from not happening in the UK. What are we talking about today, Kiki? We are going to take a quick break from like completely fucking up everything having to do with history. And uh, when we get back from the sponsor, we're going to talk about the ancient rituals of Lupercalia and Valentine's Day. Ooh, should we do the rest of this episode in sexy voices? Well, I've been told that if I get any more sexy with my voice, then um, people might actually start paying me more money to talk like this. I don't know. Maybe I should. Yeah, but should people like have really never heard sexy. me talk in a sexy voice. They don't want that. No, no, they don't. But people have spoken and they definitely want my sexy voice. They like your jokes and they like my sexy voice. So that's why this They is like marketing. my jokes and my intellect and my wisdom and my charismatic aura that just 
goes through the microphone. They like all those things. They just think my normal voice is my sexy voice. And guys, you're right. Right. There you go. So anyway, when we get back, Lubricalia and Valentine's Day. Hey, welcome back, guys. So JC, do you celebrate Valentine's Day? Well, I am in a relationship. And yes, we are going to be celebrating Valentine's Day, just not on Valentine's Day, because we will be in another state, Florida. We'll be in Florida. But we're not going there to celebrate Valentine's Day. We're going there to celebrate true love and marriage. We're not getting married. We're going to a wedding. I should confirm this. Like, you're still on the market, technically. No, I'm off the market. (laughs) Yeah, I'm pretty sure Shannon would probably stab somebody at this point. Probably. She is. Yeah, she's kind of shifty. Gotta watch out for her. She's very, like, cute and unassuming, and then all of a sudden, wham, she just gets you. Yeah, that's the way to be gotten, you know? You just get people close to you. It's like my theory of how to get rid of bodies, you know? You just convince them to go to where you want to dispose of the body, then you don't have to worry about all the logistics of moving a dead body. One would think that all this talk about death and dead bodies, etc., etc., would have nothing to do with Valentine's Day, but it actually does (laughs) a holiday of love and joy and spending time with your significant other actually has really horrible history about murder and violence just a tad bit but i want to say this though my husband and i do uh well we used to really celebrate valentine's day like we got to dinner do the whole nine yards do the flowers and the chocolate and all that then we downgrade a little bit i started cooking special stuff at home and making like special desserts and it was a lot of fun because everybody doesn't love to cook now that we have a kid i basically just send him dirty memes and throw a star wars figure at him and he's good yeah yeah no i mean honestly that's how i think valentine's day should be just doing what the other person appreciates i don't i don't like going out to restaurants and paying Like, I really don't. I'd much rather have a home-cooked meal. I enjoy cooking together. As lame as that kind of sounds. That's cute. Yeah, you're you're gross. Together. (laughs) Alright, so have you ever heard of Lupercalia? I mean, we talked about it when we talked about doing this episode. So technically, yes, I have heard of it before right now. Do you know what it is? No. Most people don't. Because I did zero research for this episode as usual. What? Are you kidding me? Well, actually, I've been doing a lot of research recently. Just for some reason, there's always a communication error as to what I should be researching. Yeah. So anyway, there has been a supposition that Valentine's Day was co-opted from the pagan holiday known as Lupercalia. What is Lupercalia? I don't know. What is it? I'm going to tell you. Okay. Celebrated on February 15th of each year in ancient Rome, the festival included some ominous rituals. Lupercus was the deity being honored, and he was the protector of shepherds and sheep, as well as the patron god of fertility in sheep. He was often associated with the Arcadian god, Pan. Wait for the synchronicity. Like frying Pan? No. The purification ritual began with the sacrifice of a dog and two goats. The dog, because he guarded the sheep, and the goats for Lupercus, who protected the sheep, which I'm not really sure how that's any different than guarding, but whatever, it's cool. Priests of the god Lupercus, Luperci, would take off their clothes and slaughter the animals in the Lupercal, the cave where the founders of Rome, Romulus and Remus, were nursed by a wolf. The Luperci would then cut the goat skins into strips and run around the Palatine Hill in Rome, striking women with them. Childless women in particular, the striking of the woman would release her from her shame of having no children. This is like so 
almost like today. It's not even funny. Oh my God, you don't have any kids. Oh, I feel so bad for you. When are you going to have kids? <sighs> when are you going to get married? When are you going to start a family? Whenever the fuck I want to. Most scholars agree that these were symbolic whippings, not sadistic in nature. To be struck with the goat skin made for good luck in having children. Some mosaics from the period also depict naked women receiving these whippings. Ooh, sexy. So there is a lot of sexual type activity in the ritual. Another aspect of it was initiation, especially for young men into the sexual fray. At one point, Augustus forbade boys who were too young for participating in any of the, quote, exuberant festivities. There was also um, a suggestion of matchmaking lotteries at the ritual, but this seems very unlikely. All you have to do is look at the math behind it. It would be nearly impossible to have an exact number of both male and females at the event. And because the fertility of women played a huge part in the event, there were more women who showed up than men. And of course, that's not saying that one man couldn't be matched with two women, but that sort of defeats the purpose of getting matched with, you know, one person in a love sort of way. I mean, you know, the standard love way. I mean, go ahead. You can have as many people as you want. I'm just saying. This is ancient Rome. Yeah, we're not here to judge. Yeah, no. We're not so, here to kink shame or... Right. We're not getting anything. into that. Yeah. We're no. just looking at it from a standard point of view here. No reliable evidence of that matchmaking and lottery. So that's not to say that there wasn't a huge amount of partying because it's fucking Rome. And it hasn't really changed, by the way. I love Rome. It is so much fun. And it is one of my favorite places in the whole world. And like the party, parties, parties, parties. So the question has always been, was Lupercalia co-opted by Christians who then made it into St. Valentine's Day? And the answer is no. No, it wasn't. Now that you know what Lupercalia is, let me tell you about St. <laughs> Valentine's Day, because this is where I'm really going to like ruin things for you get boring we're gonna know we're gonna talk about the blood and guts now oh now we're gonna get into the that's what i like (laughs) yeah the blood the guts so there is no clear connection between the two unlike other holidays that were very much co-opted those of those being celebrated by pagans and heathens at the time lupercalia had kind of gone out of fashion at around the time that pope galatius the first declared that the 14th was going to be the feast day of St. Valentine. Now, there's evidence that Galatius criticized Lupercalia, but he didn't make a concerted effort to replace it. I mean, if he had, why not just name St. Valentine's Day on the 15th instead of the 14th? And lastly, it actually took two whole centuries before there was any correlation at all between the ancient rituals of fertility and love or any of the other bullshit that we now associate with Valentine's Day. So who is St. Valentine? Do you know anything about him at all, Jason? I know his name is St. Valentine's and that he was a saint. And how do you become a saint? You do something, you perform a miracle. And then what? You get it recorded. And then what? And then the Pope says you're a saint. But something really important has to happen. (laughs) I thought the miracle was really important. No. (laughs) You Um, You have to be martyred. You got to die for the cause, baby. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. not that important. <laughs> it's it's all about, you have to be a martyr. You have to have died because you were Christian and you were like, yeah. Well, well. well Catholic. <clears throat> they just called it Christian then. Well, yeah, but for today. Catholics do the saints mostly, yes. Yeah. <clears throat> Other people don't do saints. 
So he was martyred in 269 CE for preaching during the reign of Claudius II. He was arrested, and while he was being held by a judge named Asterius, he began trying to convert him. Asterius said that if Valentine could cure his blind daughter, he would believe anything he told him. Valentine laid hands on the girl and actually heals her. Later, though, he's brought before Claudius. And rather than stop while he's ahead, he decides it's going to be a really great idea if I try to convert the emperor himself. Now, how do you think that went? Well, I mean, you already said that he died, so I'm going to say that he died. It did not go well. It did, it did not go well. Beating, stoning, and decapitation is how it went. As it should for so many people. But he wrote one last note to Asterius's daughter, which he signed from your Valentine. And this, in the 14th century, somehow got translated into love, chocolate, and sex. Sure, yeah. Whose fault was it that Valentine's Day turns into what it is today? The card companies. It's worse than that. Oh, shit. It's my nemesis. Who? Fucking Chaucer. Who? Chaucer. What's that? The author. Who? Really? Why would I know them? I don't read. Why are they your nemesis? I hate Chaucer. Why? It's just a bitch to read and it's just... He made me read read it. No one's ever once made me read anything. Wow. Because I'm an American. (laughs) So am I. (laughs) Apparently not. British still runs through you pretty well. In the late 14th century, Parliament of Fowls is written by Chaucer. He describes a group of birds who gather together in the early spring on St. Valentine's Day to choose their mates for the year. Okay. Some scholars have suggested the poem was written for King Richard II during the negotiations over his marriage to Anne of Bohemia in 1380. Coincidentally, French and English in the Middle Ages thought that February 14th was the day that birds made it. Just the day. Like, I find that sort of, like, just strange. Like, all of a sudden, it was like, yep, birds made on the 14th they of February. They also the world was flat. Okay, yeah, well, they were um, idiots. You know, I'm just saying. It was just... Like an arbitrary, oh, yeah, it's not even quite spring yet, but they start mating now. They they be a fucking. Either way, it seems that the poem sparked a tradition. In 1477, Marjorie Brews, a Norfolk woman, wrote a letter to her cousin, yes, her cousin, calling him my right well-beloved Valentine. It is the earliest known letter of its kind. In the 15th century, John Lydgate wrote a Valentine's poem addressed to, wait for it, the Virgin Mary. This is what happens when you let a Benedictine monk write poetry. He writes a love note to the Virgin Mary. I, I didn't even, I'm not going to read that. It grosses me out. And for those of you who have no desire to ever read Chaucer under any circumstances, including under the pain of being beaten, stoned, and decapitated, the birds in the poem don't find mates, and they put off finding them until the following year. Fuck you, Chaucer. In the heathen tradition, by the way, it's the Feast of Vali, this newer tradition. He's the son of Odin and the giantess Rinther. Vali is the defender of the family and represents familiar love. See, we were talking about doing nice things for your family on Valentine's Day. I kind of go with that instead. He's also the killer of Holther, who accidentally killed Balder. So he's also the god of rightful vengeance as well. And for some reason, that just makes so much more sense. Rightful vengeance for Valentine's Day. Hell yeah, I like that better. It's like fucking hardcore. It's like rock star. So, 
there you have it, guys. Valentine's Day does not come from Lupercalia. Instead, it comes from some dickhead who decided that he was going to try to convert a whole bunch of people. So what you're saying is that... He was in over his head. He should have just once, stopped. For once, Christianity made their own holiday. Um, yeah. I'm amazed. Yeah. I'm, I'm good, they did something good for original. Them. Good for them. Good for them. Good job, Christian. And you know, you it just it. it just makes so much sense that they would take like the martyrdom of a dude. Right? He's a dude, bro. He could have just stopped at the healing and saving the person. He could have just left and been like, no. But then he had an opportunity. Claudius Claudius actually liked him. He became sort of friends with him and was like, Oh, you know what? Like you did this really great thing. Maybe I'll just let you go. But no, I'm gonna convert you. And Claudius is like, No, man, no. No, I gave you a chance. I'm, I'm going to kill you now <laughs> for being a dick. Yeah. But let's turn that into a holiday about love and sex. Love, sex, death, chocolate. Death by chocolate? I'll take death by chocolate. If I could choose a way to die, it would be from overeating chocolate. Which, honestly, long term, might be how I die. Sad thoughts with JC. So we're going to take a short break for our musical guest. Once again, hailing from FBI's most dangerous city in Illinois. This is Rob Wissenhunt. Another song from his 2019 album, The Variable. This one's called Bleed For You. Thanks for listening to today's podcast episode about the stuff and things that you just listened to. It was good. It was great. It was fantastic. I hope you enjoyed uh, yourselves. If you want to join the squad, head on over to patreon.com slash mission spooky. At our $1 tier, you get our undying gratitude. See? You're good. And love and wonders. And just other things, thoughts, prayers, whatever you want from us, you get it. As and long a, as it's not an actual thing. And a shout out on the cast. Oh, and a shout out on the on the cast. Once uh, Kiki breaks an arm and she gets a cast, we'll give you a shout out on it. That's that's what we mean by that, right? No. The $2 level gets you access to our booper reels, which I finally was able to get the first one up there. So it's really happening. And I'm really close to having the second one out um, as well. Yeah, we're getting content, guys. Yep. Uh, still working on our t-shirt designs. We actually redid our logo for that very reason. Yes, Kiki redid our logo. Scaled it down a little bit, made it a little bit more clean. We have some stickers coming. So we're trying to figure out if we're going to put those into possibly a... The, those stickers might go into the $3 level. And then there's another batch that I'm working on um, 
for the $2 level. Yeah, yeah, sure. And we are redoing our designs for Patreon. So they're going to look like badges. And those badges are then going to transfer into other stickers and also um, T-shirts. Yeah. We're going to try and get merch and stuff yep. and things. We are trying to just redesign ourselves into something a little, <clears throat> a little bit more cohesive with our designs so that we, when you wear it, it's going to look the same. So when we get the squads together, they'll be like... I think it'd be kind of cool if everybody has different t-shirts too. Like if you're the ghosty level and you get the little ghosty badge t-shirt or if you have your little stickers and then we have somebody who's a ghoulie level, they they decide they want the ghoulie t-shirt. Are you you making these names up or are they set in stone? Are you serious? You're the one who who made them up. Did I? Yes. These are your names for the (laughs) t-shirt. Oh my God, JC. It's like working with a different person every day. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it wonderful? I mean, the only thing that's consistent is that I make a lot of unnecessary no- noise on my mic. Yeah. Like right now. He's moving the f- fucking God damn it. So, by the way, guys, yes, if the audio's fucked up, it's JC's fault. And I'm not fixing it. And just write into him. Just tell him, stop moving. All right. So, um,. If you have any stories you'd like to share, feel free. We're going to be doing um, the themed episodes in the future, which the next one um, that we're plugging is going to be Shadow People. And you need to send those stories too. Uh, Mission Spooky Podcast at gmail.org. Come. I was so close. <laughs> it's like I messed it up on purpose. Yes. Because who has a .org freaking Google account? If you're a PA, New Jersey, or Delaware band, and you own your own music, and you'd like to be featured on our podcast, please feel free to contact us through Mission Spooky Podcast, all one word, at gmail.com, or you can private message me at Instagram and Twitter. Uh-huh. You can find all of our musical guest songs on Spotify. Just type in Mission Spooky, go to our profile, not the podcast, we have a profile too, and you'll pick up our uh, Spotify list. We are going to be continually adding to that list as we go on uh, for anybody who has music on Spotify, I should say you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at mission spooky and at our Facebook page, which is ruled with an iron fist. Don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes and just remember to be kind. Also rate and review us on Podchaser, please taking us out. Once again is Rob Wissenhunt with his wonderful song called bleed for you off of his 2019 album, the variable. His music is on Spotify and these songs will be on our playlist. Please go show him some love. And as always, stay spooky and don't die. But if you do, contact us. Via summoning ritual to get me in your location. Potatoes. Just a bunch of potatoes, guys. And I'll show up. I'll fucking be there. Um, You know, here's the key. You have to then send me back. That's how you have to contact us for this week.